Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. All right, guys, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Flying solo today. No Adam Ronas. Very unusual. Usually it's Ronas flying solo and I can't make it. But uh, happy to be here today for the next two hours. Going to try to talk some fantasy baseball in hour number one. Of course, we'll have my friend Steve Gardner showing up in uh, the next segment. Steve works for USA Today. and He's the commissioner of the Labor Mixed League. Trying to win that league so desperately this year. And then in hour number two, we'll talk some fantasy football. And we'll talk some dynasty at 320 with my friend Pete Davidson. He writes at Rotobon. On Twitter, you can find him at Twitter at Rotobon, of course, at Rotobon.com. So he's, uh, he and I have been playing fantasy football together for uh, <clears throat> a lot of years. I don't even want to put the number in there. We'll just call it a lot of years. But uh, I want to start out with uh, a little shout out to uh, my friend, uh, Mike Cardano. It is his birthday today, and I want to wish him a very happy and healthy birthday. I tell you how old he is, but I don't think Mike would want me to do that. So we'll just say that he's a little bit older than 25. But uh, I tell you this because... Mike Cardano actually got me started in some crazy way in doing what I'm doing today. As I think I mentioned on the show before, I was Dr. Roto back in uh, 1999. I, uh, I was on a UPN newscast, and I had a website, RotoRx, and I, it was your, your prescription for fantasy success, and I really thought this was going to become something, and it became nothing, really. I, I, was, I was probably onto something big at the time, but it ended up going nowhere, being, being quite honest with you. It went nowhere. And then what happened was, was that I took a, took a sabbatical, a, a rather long sabbatical, and I just played fantasy sports. I played fantasy football and fantasy baseball. And then um, if, I've heard this, if you've heard the story before, I apologize, but I'll tell it again for those who haven't heard it. Um, years later, Mike started a, uh, a baseball blog site around the Horn Baseball. And I had won our fantasy baseball league for a couple of years. And he calls me up. He says, hey, buddy, I know that you do well in our baseball leagues. Do you want to write for my blog? And uh, I said, look, you know, I have this idea. How about I will be Dr. Roto and I will do advice for people and they'll ask questions and I'll give answers. And he says to me, this is the dumbest idea I've ever heard. So he says to me. So uh, we left it at that. I was like, okay, there you go. I guess I'm not writing for fantasy sports. The next day he calls me back though and he says, you know, I thought about it. I think it's a great idea. Why don't you go ahead and do it? So the truth is that we uh, began uh, around the horn baseball. And then maybe about, I don't know, a year later, it seemed longer, but maybe it's about a year. I convinced Mike to do football because I was like, Mike, I know we like baseball, but really, you know, people love football. So we did extra point football. So, uh, and that led to Mike meeting Lou Mayon and uh, Roto Experts. So you could say that Mike Cardano uh, really got me started in this industry, and I thank him for that. So I, I wish him a very happy and healthy birthday and many, many more to Mike. All right, speaking of healthy, let's get to some health issues in Major League Baseball. If it's not one thing, it's another. And it's just become so frustrating. 
I mean, I'll tell you. So I'm in a league with a friend of mine, and our pitching is dominant. I mean, it really is dominant. And then all of a sudden, within a matter of like two or three days, three of our pitchers got injured. Jamison Tyon, out. James Paxson, out. Blake Trinan, out. And today, David Price, out. Left at elbow tendonitis. So, look, that's better than a shoulder. Tendonitis is something, a little ice and a little rest we can, uh, we, can, we can live with. But still, David Price has been pitching exceptionally well this year. And the Red Sox can ill afford to lose this guy for a start or two. And that's what it probably is, a start or two. But it's very hard to win a fantasy baseball league these days. I think it's, it may be one of the hardest things because guys are just getting injured right and left. How about Steven Matz? He's dealing with a nerve issue in his left forearm. Well, there's no structure, you know, there's no structural damage, but there's nerve damage. You feel good about him now? You feel good about starting Steven Matz on your fantasy baseball team? I know that I don't. I don't feel good about it at all. So you've lost Tyon. We've lost Paxton. We've lost Price. We've lost Matz. I mean, look, that's only, that's only the cusp of it. There's so many injuries. And I think that my best advice is that leagues need to have more IR spots. Now, I don't know whether they need to have 10 or 12, but the, the, the days of having none, I, I think, is long gone. I really do. I think guys go on the injured list way more often than they've ever done in the past. And I think that we need to take that into account. And, and I think that that way all the time. I'm in this one baseball league that actually Mike is in, by the way. And, 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 and I mean this in the best way when I say this. I hate this baseball league. I hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. I like the people in the league, but I hate the league. Because they refuse to change the rules. Things change. Things change over time. People change. Things change. The league changes. The game changes. We have to update. We have to update. With all these injuries, we have one IR, uh, IR spot. Now, when I, when I was in the league years ago, they didn't even have that. How about two? How about three? And how about this, by the way, in this crazy league that I'm in? You're only allowed to pick up three. You're only allowed to bid on three players any particular weekend. So we just lost Tyon. We just lost Paxton. And Blake Trinan's not 100% either. I can only bid on three players. Well, as a matter of fact, I only got one because other people bid on the other two players. That is what you call ridiculous. Ridiculous. You have to change with the times. You have to. And leagues that don't get left behind. Or I leave them. Or I recommend people to leave them. I'll say this. One of the things I like so much about the Fantasy Football World Championship is that at the end of every season, Scott Atkins sends out a survey, asks what the players, what they want. Do you guys want this? Do you guys want kickers? Do you guys want defenses? What do you want? Well, by asking what players want, they, he gets the response, and then hopefully he, he enacts what they put in. Well, not always, but basically it's democracy, right? It's a democracy. And he puts in things that he can live with. But if leagues don't change their rules, they get stayed. They, they don't evolve. And when they don't evolve, they, you can't grow. 
And if we don't grow as people and as fantasy owners, what good are we? Leagues will have six-man rotations. Teams will have six-man rotations by the end of the season. Book it. Book it. Guys will go on the injured list. The Dodgers did it last year all the time. This guy, this guy, injured list, injured list, injured list, injured list, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. That's what they do. Because any team has to basically massage their pitching staff to get it so that they can make it through October. What do you, the, the days of Madison Bumgarner throwing 240 innings are long gone. Long gone. Now you're happy if a guy gets 160 innings. Seriously. You get 160 innings from a pitcher? That was an achievement. So I'm telling you, go check out your leagues. Go look at your league scoring. Go look at your league rules. Make the appropriate changes if necessary. You have to. If the, if the league don't make the changes, find a new league. Get a new start. Go somewhere that will adapt. We just had a, a thing came back, and, and I think this is actually pretty important. It was something about Nick Senzel. So Nick Senzel is now playing in the outfield, right? But in the minor leagues, people know him as a second baseman. Well, he also was a third baseman. So I'm sure in a lot of leagues right now, it's, well, what is his position? Why do we make it so complicated in fantasy baseball? Why do we make it so complicated? Well, according to the league rules, his position is the last thing it was in the minor leagues. Well, don't we know that he was playing in spring training in the outfield? Because the plan was that he was going to be in center field. So the fact that he was a second baseman two years ago, should that really make be, be, uh, be what he is? Or he did play third for a week. Maybe we'll put him there. How does this make sense? Does that make sense to you? The Reds know where Nick Senzel plays. Why don't league commissioners? Why don't leagues? Why doesn't ESPN? Why doesn't Yahoo? Why doesn't CBS? Why doesn't everybody know he's an outfielder? How hard is this? Maybe it should be what he played recently in the minor leagues. Or, I'm going to go crazy here. I know, I'm, I'm going crazy. I, pardon me for doing this. Why not just make him eligible at two positions? Why do we have to wait 10 games for Nick Senzel to be an outfielder? He's playing it now. I get the Kettle Marte thing. Kettle Marte was a second baseman. He had never played outfield before this season. I get that. Right? They were trying him out. Even in the beginning, they were playing a little second base. But if Nick Senzel's an outfielder and there was no way that he was playing infield anymore, why not just list them as both? Why do we make it so complicated? I just don't understand it. Maybe it's me. Sometimes I think it's me. Sometimes I think, you know, why are these rules so difficult? Why, why, do, why do I get angry at these rules? You know, maybe I don't know what I'm doing here. And then I go, I think people just make things harder than they should be. Why isn't Nick Senzel a second baseman slash outfielder? Boom. Why do I have to wait 10 games for him to play outfield? Why? Can somebody tell me? How does this help me? Seriously, how many games? Let's see. How many games has Nick Senzel played? I'll find out. Please hold. Thank you. Please continue to hold. Thank you for holding. Three. Three. I have to wait seven more games. Seven more games. I got to wait two weeks for this guy to be outfield eligible. Really? He's outfield eligible for uh, the Reds uh, today because he's batting leadoff and playing center field. 
So I have to wait 10 games, but he can play it for his team right now. Does that make sense to you? Why do we have 10 games? Why is it that number? Why isn't it three? Why isn't it five? Why are we waiting two weeks in leagues? Make some tweaks to your leagues. Change some rules around. Not mid-season, by the way. Never change a rule mid-season. But if you want to change a rule before the season starts, why are you waiting 10 games for Nick Senzel to play outfield? Plan outfield for the Reds today. Maybe it should only be three games. Oh, but that gives an advantage. Then he gets eligibility you shouldn't have. Really? Three games is a decent amount. It's not like he's playing in the 18th inning and he's playing one inning a catcher. I mean, that's rare. I've been in leagues with that. The guy played one inning somewhere. He qualified. Maybe that's not fair. But three games? I would think I could live with five. Five seems to make sense to me. Why do I have to wait two weeks for Nick Senzel to become an outfielder? I just don't get it. I'll wait less than a week. Problem is, if he comes up on a Wednesday, I have to wait a second week. That's problematic. It's annoying. So think about it. There's so many injuries now. Obliques. How come... We know, I don't know how old you guys are, but do you remember all these oblique injuries? Doesn't it seem to be like within the last five, seven years of guys who are just muscle-bound, who are just, I mean, John Cruck. Do you remember the old John, John Cruck? How muscle-bound was that guy? He was a great hitter. He, there was not that much muscle going on there. Maybe it was under the fat. Now these guys are all like Greek gods going up there, and of course they make one swing, and it's an oblique injury out for three to five weeks. So the game has changed. Players have changed. Rotations have changed. Teams going, oh, we're only going to play this guy once a week. We're only going to pitch him once a week. He's only going to get 100 pitches. He's only going to go five innings. We didn't have that years ago. We didn't. We didn't have that years ago. So we have to adapt. We have to change our rules. We can't be a strict constructionist. Maybe we can in our Constitution. I I don't know, but I think our Constitution lives and breathes. Do you think our forefathers knew about Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter? Do you think John Adams said to himself one day, I think there's going to be Twitter. Do you think Thomas Jefferson said, hey, what do you think about Instagram? I don't think he thought that. I don't think that came up in his brain. We develop things. We change. We adapt. The game changes. We need to change with it. How about an extra injured spot? How about you can pick up however many players you want? How about guys get earlier position eligibility? Isn't that a start? Isn't that a good start? So I want you to go take a look at your league's rules and see what you can tweak and see what you can get the guys to change. And if these guys won't change, hit me up at Dr. Roto, D-R-R-O-T-O. And I'll tell these guys in your league, make the change. Stop wearing your Benetton sweatshirts. Stop wearing your Jordache jeans and get with the times. Seriously, get with the times. Okay? If you do that, I promise you the following. You will have a better league experience. You will have a more enjoyable fantasy baseball season. And I would think you will have a better chance to win 
in your leagues because you won't be so restricted, right? And you'll be more interested and involved. And that's what you want. You want a league of involved owners who care, who want to have the best rules and the best league. And if you have that, you're on your way to success. I promise you that. I promise you that. Now, if you want more success, you better keep it right here. You know why? Because I got my friend Steve Gardner from USA Today joining me. And we're going to talk specifically about some players in fantasy baseball. Do you want them? Do you cut them? Do you go get them? What about Aloy Jimenez? What about Miguel Sano? Are these guys you want? What about Starling Marte? Why isn't he hitting over 200? We'll let you know when full-time fantasy returns right after this. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MadeSailors.com. That's MadeSailors.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800 Make it rain. The damn horse crossed over three lanes, interfered with a bunch of other horses, chain reaction. It was a foul. I mean, the rules state it was absolutely a foul. It just impeded everybody else behind him, at least those three horses. So say what you want. It's the derby. It shouldn't be ruled the same way like a Tuesday at Aqueduct. But the reality is the rules are the rules. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. All right, we're back. The full-time fantasy. I'm Dr. Rota. Happy to be here with you. And I'm happy to be with my friend, Steve Gardner. Steve, how are you? Steve Gardner. Yo, what's happening? What's up, my man? How you been? I've been good. How are you? You staying out of trouble? You staying healthy? I'm uh, trying to, although I just uh, had a minor little shoulder separation playing softball the other night, but... Uh... You do what you do. Well, you were Gotta be sl- scrappy. Were you sliding into second and you're trying to take out the, uh, the shortstop there? What was going on? It, exactly. It's still legal in softball, you know. <laughs> they, they only banned it in the major league. <laughs> I'm just surprised you're running that hard to second base. I would have been like, yeah, I'm out anyway. I'll see you. That's it. Yeah. No, the, uh, the, the rain and the slippery bases causes all sorts of uh, fun and hijinks. Now, are you on the injured list for two weeks? How long are you out? Did the doctor put you out for 
Um, I haven't really gotten an official prognosis yet, but uh, I'm I'm doubtful for this week's game. <laughs> all right. He's doubtful. I, I'm day to day. I'm day to day. Aren't we all, my friend? We are all. All right. So let's talk about David Price, <laughs> yeah. though. David Price is uh, dealing with an with a tendonitis here. Do you expect this to be a short stay on the, on the injured list for him? I don't know. I mean, it's. It, David Price has had some, uh, you know, myriad injuries the last couple of years, and uh, I, I worry a little bit about, uh, you know, relying on him. To tell you the truth, it's 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 an injury that could take a little bit longer, and um, you know, the Red Sox have had more than their fair share of of injuries. It seems like on the mound, so I'm I'm pretty cautious with him. To tell you the truth, are you more concerned about him or or James Paxton because that guy cannot stay healthy for the life of him? Yeah, yeah, I know. Paxton is is a guy that came to the Yankees, you know, with that uh, injury reputation, and it's it's always something. Although this, you know, a knee injury is certainly not something that uh, you would expect a lot of pitchers to have to worry about. So uh, hopefully, this is one of those things that uh, after a couple of weeks, he's back out there. He learns to trust it, and uh, he'll continue to give the Yankees what so far has been uh, you know, pretty good performance. I, I like the numbers, just you need to stay on the, uh, the active roster to uh, continue to put those numbers up. Well, look, you don't expect shoulder injuries from sports writers. That's true, too. So, uh, But uh, I'm going to play through it. Okay. <laughs> All right, let me just ask you about John Means. John Means is actually, Baltimore has been better than people thought. I think they're 12-22. and 22. I think people thought they would have won like five games by now. And Means is three, has won three of those games as an ERA under three. Is he the real deal? I don't think so. Um, but, you know, he's... He's got a changeup that I think he throws more than any pitch, uh, more than any other pitcher throws, and it's a pretty good one. So, you know, it's something that you can rely on for a little bit, but if that's your main pitch and you throw it so often, I think uh, the hitters are going to learn to adjust. Um, so he wasn't that great in the minor leagues to, uh, last year, so I, I don't know exactly what his ceiling could be, but... Um, you know, especially with the Orioles, they're going to give up home runs. He's going to give up home runs. And uh, it's, as the weather gets warmer there in Baltimore, it, uh, you know, it could explode tremendously. But um, you know, for right now, uh, if, you've, if you've had him on your team and you've gotten uh, at least a little bit of juice out of the orange, then uh, you can consider yourself lucky and probably should be starting to look elsewhere. So, Steve, this year, maybe last year as well, teams are bringing up their minor leaguers much earlier than, than normal. Tatis and Guerrero and Senzel and all these guys. Are you the type of fantasy baseball owner who spends your money early in fab, or do you like to hold back? You know, the Carter Keybooms of the world, you spend $240 and they're not worth it, but then you don't want to not get the Tatises for $800. What's your, what's your theory there? Yeah, I, I think in mixed leagues, it's, it's a different strategy than it is in, in only leagues. In mixed leagues, I'm fine going ahead and spending you know, whatever you need to if your team is off to a slow start, as, for instance, mine is in mixed labor, then I'm going to spend on the, the Nate Lowe's and, and guys like that when they come up who can make a difference and, and be valuable for the rest of the season. In only leagues, I'm waiting a little bit longer because those impact guys – 
if you have an opportunity to pick up guys at the trade deadline that cross over from the other league, then I think they can make a huge difference for the last couple of months of the season. And sometimes, you know, teams don't even wait until the trade deadline. They start looking in, in May and June. So I, I kind of take two different approaches depending on the size of the league and the format. You know, speaking of mixed labor, outside of one team, you've got 14 teams that are separated by 35 points. I think that's pretty impressive. It is. It is. And, uh, you know, we've, we saw a lot of movement last week with teams, you know, gaining double-digit points, you know, close to, to 20 points in the standings one way or the other. So, yeah, it's one of those things where I, I like a nice, you know, competitive league. And at this point, it looks like this one really is. All right, let me ask you about a couple of people who were very highly touted before the year started. Jose Ramirez. I think people thought, I mean, he was like number three overall, number four overall. You know, Lindor wasn't there. But there were some people who said maybe he was being, being taken too early. Guys hitting 200 with two home runs. Should you be worried about Jose Ramirez right now? I think so, um, because it, it just isn't just a this-year kind of thing. The second half of last year, he hit just barely over 200, still stole a lot of bases, and he's still doing that now. But when you take a guy in the first round, even as high as number three or four overall, you want the whole package. You want the power hitting. You want the RBIs. He's got, he's got nine RBIs so far this season, and we're into May already. I mean, that's, that's something that you're definitely concerned about. And I think one of the things I remember talking to a scout in, in, um, in spring training, and one of the things that, that was the, I think teams noticed is that you could throw him breaking balls and off-speed stuff, and he was having trouble with it even last year. You know, he, he went you know, 0 for 11, I think, or 0 for 12 in the postseason, and those struggles have continued on into this season. I dropped him down to, uh, it still wasn't completely out of the, the first round. I think I have him at number 14 overall. Um, in my final rankings, but still, he certainly has not uh, played anywhere close to that. And while the steals are still there, you've got to worry about that power and, and his ability to, to make contact and even get on base. You know, the on-base percentage even under 300 right now. So, yeah, uh, if, if you've got a first-round draft pick and he's got a 200, 292, 300 slash line a month into the season, I think you're really worried. Talking to Steve Gardner. He's the senior fantasy editor for USA Today Sports. Uh, baseball, fantasy baseball player extraordinaire. Let me ask you about Starling Marte. This is another guy who, for some reason, over the last couple of years, whether it's the suspension, the injury, he he's, hasn't produced at the level that I think people have expected. Can we look forward to a good second half from him? I look at somebody, you know, the, his skills uh, I don't think have deteriorated. I know he is in his age 30 season, so you could say that it's probably time for him to maybe start declining. But, you know, he's hit for average in the past. He's stolen over 30 bases, what, five times in his career. So uh, those skills are still there. Uh, he started slowly this year, obviously. But um, I still think you know, that game-winning home run yesterday – um, I think he's a guy that, that you can certainly try and buy low on, and you have the potential to get a uh, uh, you know, big steals guy and get some, some production. The, the Pirates offense hasn't really started clicking as well. Gregory Polanco also started the season um, on the injured list and is just now coming back. So I think this is a team that, that has some offensive potential, and certainly Marte should be their best player. And um, with 
you know, the, the dearth of stolen bases, there's there not a lot of those in the game today. I think he's certainly a guy that can, that can help you and uh, is worth maybe investing in possibly uh, that sort of buy-low type trade. All right, so I've been starting to get some tweets about Jordan Alvarez in Houston. And people are seeing that the guy's hitting like, I think it's 800 or whatever it is. You know, he's got another uh, hit every, yeah. every He just got one now as we were on this interview. At what point do you stash this guy? Or what point is it too soon? I know that in labor, if you pick a guy, you've got to put him on your active roster and get zero stats for the week. What point do you start to recommend people out there? All right, this is a guy that's going to come up in maybe three, four weeks. Get him now. Well, one of the things, too, in labor, you can't get him until he actually is on a major league roster. So uh, you have to make sure, you know, whatever your uh, league rules are about drafting these minor leaguers and, and putting them on um, your roster. But, no, this guy has, has certainly made some, some large steps forward um, over the past year or two. And, you know, the Astros had a guy in Kyle Tucker who was, you know, a 30-30 pace last season in the minor leagues. And Alvarez has passed Tucker on the uh, a call-up list, I think, in the pecking order. So if anything happens in the Astros uh, outfield, then Alvarez, I think, is going to be the first guy up. And already, you know, already double-digit home runs. He's slugging over 800, got a 1350 OPS. I mean, this is a guy that's getting it done. And granted, hitter-friendly, uh, the Pacific Coast League is very hitter-friendly. But when you see the kind of production that he's uh, putting up right now, you can't overlook that. And now that you mentioned Nick Senzel is up, we see what he's been doing. Um, I think Jordan Alvarez is probably the next best player. If, if you had your, your call-up list and, and who uh, takes Nick Senzel's place, I think he's got to be up there one or two. I really do because uh, you know, he's putting up ridiculous numbers, not going to steal bases, but you put him in that Astros lineup. If he gets called up, he's going to play. I think there's a lot of potential there. And, yeah, if, if you don't have him on your radar right now, put him on immediately. You know, you made an interesting point about him surpassing Kyle Tucker. Do you think Kyle Tucker, if you're in an NL-only league, do you think Kyle Tucker is a guy that might get traded to the NL because the Astros have two outfielders now, and if they, need to, if they want to make a run, maybe they use him as a trade bait? It's possible. Um, I, I, I haven't really thought about that, but... Uh, you know, the Astros, you look at the pitching, and, and, and you've got Garrett Cole and you've got Justin Verlander, you know, the, the nice one-two punch right there at the top for the, for the postseason. You know, what are they going to try and up, where are they going to try and upgrade? Um, the, the bullpen looks, looks pretty solid. You know, is it going to be, you know, they've, they've got also, you know, Forrest Whitley talking about great prospects that are in the minor leagues. They're nursing him along very judiciously and, uh, and limiting his innings. I don't know where the Astros would, unless they have a catastrophic injury or something, I don't know where they go to upgrade because they've got the guys like Alvarez and Tucker and Whitley to, to fill in some of those gaps. So uh, it, it's hard to say. I think, you know, you've got to just, uh, if you're an NL only in an NL only league, there might be some other place that you, uh, that you might be looking because I doubt that the Astros are going to make that kind of a move uh, unless there's a catastrophic injury, like I said. All right, so there are players who get off to these hot starts. And let me talk about Dan Vogelback for a second. Guys, I actually know him. He's down, lives down in Fort Myers. And, uh, you know, he'd been very, he hadn't played well recently in the last couple of seasons. But this year he got onto a very good hot streak, and now he's cooled off a little bit. 
What do you do with a player who gets into these? Do you like these streaky hitters? How do you know when to ride this, the wave, how, when to get rid of them? What's your plan with those types of hitters? It's, it's toughest in like those head-to-head uh, weekly leagues where, you know, if you've got a, um, a schedule that's maybe not as favorable, you might decide to say, okay, well, I don't like what his schedule is this week. I'll set him in favor of somebody else. But, you know, in, in a roto league, or in a points league, he's. I think you got to stick with Vogelbach because he does walk an awful lot. Very good play discipline, and I think that's one of the things too. Is that yeah, he may be slumping a little bit, gets a, a couple of hitless days in a row, but he's still walking an awful lot. Same number: twenty-three walks, twenty-three strikeouts this season. That's incredible plate discipline, and as a result, you know, I, I think you can't go too long if you have that good a plate discipline in a slump. I think it, you'll be able to come around and come out of it. If you're getting good pitches to hit, um, I think a lot of it is just bad luck. So I, I think for him, I'd stick with him. And uh, I, I picked him up. Uh, I've got him in a couple of leagues. Been very happy because the price was certainly right at the beginning of the season if you got on the train early. And um, I, I think that's one of those things where you go ahead and lock in that value and Maybe if somebody wants to trade for him, uh, you can entertain that. But for the most part, I'm riding through these uh, up and down streaks because I don't think they're going to last very long. All right, I'm going to give you two young players, Michael Chavis and Danny Jansen. One is doing a really great job with the Red Sox, and one can't even get a hit for the Blue Jays. (laughs) How can people, fantasy owners, be so wrong? Chavez, people didn't even really know. They knew he was a Red Sox and they knew he was a good rookie, but nobody expected this. Whereas everybody thought Jansen was going to be a top 10 uh, catcher this year. And now if you have Jansen, you, can't, you, you want to get rid of him, but you're worried if you get rid of him, he might have a decent second half. How do you, how do you know how to predict these rookies? Well, you certainly don't because the learning curve, everybody adjusts at their own level. But we've seen an awful lot of guys, you know, talk about Nick Senzel. He got two home runs already today. Uh, I think he was really upset when he got robbed by Kevin Pillar uh, taking away his first major league home run. He's hit three since then. But, um, you know, I think these, these rookies now are, are more ready than they've ever been. And plus, you look at the AAA. In AAA now, we have the Major League ball, the same ball that's used in the majors we're u- they're using in AAA, and we're seeing a lot more home runs in the minor leagues at the, at the top level. So I think Michael Chavis is somebody that was kind of off the radar because he served that 80-game um, PED suspension last year, and you didn't really know what to expect. And, of course, where is he going to play? We, we look at that at the beginning of the year because Rafael Devers was kind of a, a sleeper guy that a lot of people were on. So, you know, where was this guy going to come up? Well, he's playing second base. He's doing an acceptable job, and he's hitting the cover off the ball. I think the Red Sox have got a role with him. And, um, you know, Dustin Pedroia, Eduardo Nunez, whomever, Brock Holt, whenever you guys come back, sorry, he's just doing the job awfully well. So he was a, a, Chavis was a a relatively highly uh, thought of prospect earlier in his career, still only 23. So I think think he's going to continue to have that kind of success. On the other hand, you look at somebody like Jansen, I think the reason we were really excited about him in the preseason is because he was a catcher. And you know, where are you going to get offense at the catcher position? You, you might find it from a couple of different sources. I think we kind of knew uh, Gary Sanchez was going to be one of those sources this season, but where else? And um, if you did take a chance on Jansen and you drafted him, I don't know that you really have much of a fallback option. So in this case, 
you kind of hope that, uh, you know, whatever skills he showed last year when we all got so excited about him, they will resurface at some point. Um, I don't know that you can drop him for a, you know, a Robinson Chirinos or, or uh, somebody like that, James McCann. But, yeah, you're, uh, you're really hurting right now at that one position. All right, Steve, we've got a little less than a minute to go. Michael Chavis, if you owned him now, would you trade him or would you hold on to him? I wouldn't turn any trade talks down at this point, but um, I think he's got a, a solid chance to be on that roster and get regular playing time the rest of the way because, uh, because of the way he's hitting. So, yeah, I, I, certainly it doesn't hurt to see what the market is, but uh, I wouldn't be looking to give him away, certainly not. All right, Steve Gardner, great talking to you, my friend. Hope all's well. Hey, thanks, man. Good to talk to you, and uh, we'll do it again sometime. You got it. All right, that's Steve Gardner from USA Today, a senior fantasy baseball writer, and he is a terrific guy in real life, and I hope he feels better, and I hope he doesn't get injured in softball. Come on, Steve, but uh, we're rooting for the best for him. All right, when we come back, here's what we're going to do. We are going to talk about the night slate in DFS. Is this a night to play? Is this a night to pass? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do and who the visionaries are when full-time fantasy returns right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS, WeatherTech.com, proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Weekend Fantasy Update. Paxton himself said he doesn't think it's all that serious and he won't miss uh, any time, uh, much time of any time at all. Then again, every athlete seems to say that. So uh, we'll wait and see here. Knowing the Yankees' luck, he probably needs to have that leg amputated. And uh, it just... <laughs> <laughs> That's the best amputated. No, no, it's it's crazy, George. Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. All right, we're back. Full-time fantasy, Dr. Roto. It's minicamp time for those taking the 2019 NFL Draft as they get introduced to their new playbooks and start studying up for the 2019-20 NFL season. 
And for fantasy football enthusiasts and NFL bettors, you guys need to start doing your homework too. So if you're serious about fantasy football and wagering on NFL futures or contests, it's never too early to start preparing for the season. And Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing NFL Dynasty season-long betting, best ball and draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play, providing you with all the data and insight you need to be successful at the betting window. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. All right, let's take a look at, um, firstly, I'm going to look at the afternoon game. And uh, Nick Senzel showing some power here. It's a little bit unusual, but uh, what can I tell you when the ball is juiced? You know when the ball is juiced when Nick Senzel's like hitting, uh, hitting it's 7-1 in this game. So, I mean, that's a, the red zone alone to score this many runs. Senzel, of course, with uh, two home runs. Eugenio Suarez with a home run. So let's see, Senzel's two for four with two RBIs. Suarez, two for three with two RBIs. Uh, Iglesias, two for three with two RBIs. Di Scalfani, five and two-thirds, three hits, zero earned runs, eight strikeouts. This guy, is I love pitching him in DFS. I love it. He's always low, he's never that expensive, and he doesn't suck. These are things I like. Speaking of suck, Drew Pomerantz, one and two-thirds innings, seven runs, three home runs. Bye-bye. See ya. Have a good one. Worthless. Brandon Belt with a hit. Steven Duggar with a stolen base. And there you have it. Okay. Six o'clock games. Games you won't be seeing. Let me check. I will check because there's something I like taking a look at. It's the old Yankee thing on FanDuel here. When the Yankees play an earlier game, do they get them involved? Let's see. One moment, please. Please hold. Thank you for holding. Oh, they didn't get the Yankee game in. Very shocking. Usually they do because they like the Yankees here. So six, there's a 6-10 and a 6-35. The 6-10 is the White Sox and Cleveland, Ivan Nova and Trevor Bauer. So you won't be able to use that if you're playing in FanDuel. Uh, I'll check DK, but I don't, I don't want to waste our time here now. And then the Yankees are playing the Mariners, and then that game's not there. It starts with Boston and Baltimore. But just, just because I want to be thorough, just because I want to help everybody out, I'm just going to check. All right, so let's see what's happening here. One moment. Take your time. Computers never work that quickly. Yep, I don't see that game here. So neither of those 6 o'clock games are are helping anybody tonight. So I'm not going to worry about that game. So let's take a look at the 7 o'clock. Boston against Baltimore. Josh Smith against John Ways and Means. John Means will look pretty good. But I got to say this. I think the Red Sox are starting to hit. So... Means I normally like using as a second pitcher on DK. I don't know if I'm going to risk that tonight. 72 degrees, nice day in Maryland. That ball travels in Camden. Maybe the change-up's not changing. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I don't think I'm buying into it. I don't think I'm going to buy into that one. So I, I, I wouldn't hesitate to use some Red Sox. It's a nine-and-a-half run total tonight. Smith for sure is not going that long. You know, this is going to be a bullpen game here. Um, let's see. I don't know. I think you're looking maybe an inning, two innings, and bring in other guys. So 
We'll stay here. The Baltimore's lineup is confirmed. They got VR, Mancini, Dwight Smith, Nunez, Ruiz, Wilkerson, Chris Davis, Severino, and Richie Martin. Not the fiercest of lineups either. But uh, I don't know. I think I like the Red Sox here. Minnesota against Toronto. Martin Perez against Marcus Stroman. Toronto favored uh, minus 120, eight and a half run total. I don't know why Toronto's favored here. Maybe I'll say because Martin Perez sucks and Stroman's been good. But do I really feel great about Stroman? The thing about Stroman is this. He can be good, but he can also suck, right? And I don't like pitchers who are too volatile. I, I won't use pitchers who are too volatile. They, they scare me. And I think there's something about that that I think is truly important when you're playing in DFS is predictability, you know, who are, the t- who are the guys that I can count on? Who are the guys that I can trust? I think, as a matter of fact, Martin Perez might be sneaky. I think Martin Perez is sneaky because Toronto not very good. And the Twins are good. And I, I don't know. I think that I might be able to get the win from Perez. Just throwing that out there. I think that he is very interesting to me. Okay, let's take a look at... But I don't know if I'd stack the Twins. But I like Perez maybe in a 4-3 type of game here. Arizona against Tampa, Merrill Kelly against Blake Snell, and a lot of the fibers in my being are telling me I like Blake Snell tonight. I do. I always like Blake Snell. I think he wins this one. Tampa Bay minus 220, over under 7.5. I don't think, though, the Rays are going to. I think they win, but I don't know whether they put up eight runs. So I do like Blake Snell. The lineup is Lau. Fam, Choi, Diaz, Nate Lowe, Abasale, Kiermaier, Zunino, and Robertson. So I think I would be happy to use uh, Blake Snell tonight. Okay. Washington against Milwaukee. Max Scherzer against Jules Chassin. You know, I just say this. I think you've got to start Scherzer at your own risk. But Cole on FanDuel here, he's at 11-5. DeGrom's at 11-1. I could get Scherzer at 10-5, but I could also get Snell at 9,900. I'll take that discount all day long. I really will. So Scherzer, Chassin, the over-under 7.5 runs. I don't know. You feel that good about Scherzer going to Milwaukee? Against Yelich and Mustakis and those guys, I don't know. I, this one, of the, I, I don't think I play him this game. Maybe he's lower owned. I'm not sure. I want to see something here. Let me get back to DraftKings and find those numbers here for your second. Uh, please hold. Please continue to hold. Thank you for holding. Um, so let's see. Pitching wise, Cole ten seven, Degrom ten two, Scherzer ten thousand. Blake Snell, 9,700. I think I like that. I like the discount there, especially on DraftKings, which has some super tight pricing. All right, Philadelphia against the Cardinals. Vince Velasquez against Miles Mikolas. Um, This one, I don't trust Velasquez. I don't. I don't trust Velasquez at all. I mean, not at all. I think I like Paul Goldschmidt. This St. Louis is a mild favorite, minus 130. The over-under is 9. I don't think Velasquez, I don't want him on the road. I don't, I don't really like him on the road. I don't like Miles Mikolas either, by the way. I think this game could be a 6-5 game. Velasquez is not as good as a 2.73 ERA. I don't think he's that good. I think the pitcher that I want to use tonight is Cole Hamels. 
Cole Hamels is 9K on FanDuel and 9K on DraftKings. One, two, three, four, five, six. He's a seventh starter on DK and a sixth starter on FanDuel. I kind of like that against the Marlins. I mean, who are you worried about? Miguel Rojas, Martin Prado, Brian Anderson, Starlin Castro, Jorge Alfaro, Isaac Galloway, Pete O'Brien? Come on. Now, here's my problem with this game. I do. I have a problem with this game. It's called a gambling problem. It's minus 270. Minus 270. Over under 7. And it's 49 degrees with a 25% chance of rain. Whoa. Whoa. I don't know if the Marlins are going to travel well. So I worry, though, when, it, when it's so heavy one way that like everybody's like, oh, when everybody knows to take Cole Hamels, that's when you got to be saying to yourself, maybe it's too easy. Because gambling's never that easy, guys. It's never that easy. If it was that easy, we'd all be rich. How about maximum security in the Derby? Did you have him? Wasn't that easy? Can't believe they changed that. Crazy, crazy. Didn't really look like he impeded that much. Got to be honest with you there. Didn't impede the winners. Didn't impede Country Road or Maximum Security. Just throwing that out there. And that other horse wasn't winning. Just met, ju- I'm just saying. Okay, Kansas City against Houston. Jacob Junis against Jared Cole. Houston minus 290. Oh, my God. Minus 290. An eight-run total. So, I mean, they're ba- Vegas is basically saying, please don't play the Royals. Just don't do it. You won't make any won't make any money on the Astros tonight. But Cole is certainly uh, a better pitcher than what he's shown so far. And like I said, he is the most expensive guy tonight. I don't think see, I think Cole is gonna be underowned. Because he's so wildly expensive that people aren't gonna pay up for that. Right? People aren't gonna pay up for that. So that's just something of concern there. All right, the Mets against San Diego. Jacob DeGrom against Chris Paddock. The Mets minus 120, a very slight favorite. Over under six and a half runs. Six and a half runs. Oh, my God. Now, this one is a tough one because Paddock is at 9,200 on DK. DeGrom's at 10,200. On FanDuel, DeGrom's at 11,100. Paddock is at 9,200. I don't know how you play one of the guys versus the other because, look, both these guys, if this game was 1-1 going into the eighth inning, would that shock you? No, but you may not get the win. And if you don't get the win, you're not my rich friend. So because I don't know who's going to get the win, you think the Mets are going to get the win. You would think that, but you don't know. Paddock is a really good pitcher. Paddock is a really good pitcher. All right, Atlanta against the Dodgers. Kevin Gossman against Walker. Bueller, Bueller. Dodgers minus 165 and an eight-run total in this one. Uh, I don't like Gossman on the road. I don't like Gossman going into Chavez Ravine. I don't like Gossman going up against Bellinger and Verdugo and Seager. I'll play Gossman against the Marlins at home. You know what I'm saying? I'll play him against a, a crappy team, but I'm not playing him against the Dodgers. I, I do like Walker Bueller in general. Um, he just hasn't been amazing. He he really hasn't been special. His last start, five and a third, three runs, six Ks. I mean, he hasn't gone deep into games. 
So I don't think I can spend on Bueller either. So I don't know what I would do here tonight. I think I would play Hamels and Cole get me and, and Snell, I think, get me the win. So I probably would go Snell Hamels. I think that that's what I do here. Uh, I do like Jacques Peterson. That's a visionary play right there. I think Jacques Peterson goes deep against Kevin Gossman. I like that one. And then I don't like Vince Velasquez. I do like the Cardinals a little bit. So I think I would go. I would certainly. I play the Dodgers against Gossman. And I would play the Cardinals against Velasquez. And then got to be the Astros against Jake Junis. I think so, because Junis stinks. I mean, that guy's really bad. But I don't know how I can get all those. I don't know how I can get an Astros stack, a Dodger stack, and a Cardinal stack with the pitchers I want. So let me tell you what I'll do. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. DFS to me is like a jigsaw puzzle. I try to fit the pieces together in the best way that I know how. I move the pieces around and I see how they fit. If I like how they fit, I'll play more aggressively. If I don't like how they fit, I won't play aggressively at all. And on, on rare occasion, I won't play at all. Right? I just won't do it. Because I just feel like it, I don't want to force anything. So let me see here. If I go Hamels and Snell, right? I'm just doing a team off the top of my head here. I definitely want to get Jacques in for sure. I'm loving me some Jacques. And let's see. Um, do I want Justin Turner? Corey Seager? Let me get Seager. Boom, because he's kind of cheap. Justin Turner. Boom. Maybe a little uh, Max Muncy. All right, I can get that. So I got a Dodger stack, and now I've got to find me some cheap. Oh, I don't know if I can do this. Can I get Brantley in there? Michael Brantley. Hmm, well, this is going to get dicey. Josh Reddick. And then can I get, hmm, what's his face? Altuve is going to be too expensive. Can I get Chirinos? Yeah. No, I can't do that. Yeah, I don't know if I can get an Astro stack in there. I really want to get an Astro stack, but I don't I don't know if I can, right? So I've got because I want to get my Dodger stack in there. So it gets kind of tight. Maybe can I get Max Stasi in there? Yeah, all right. So if I can get Stasi in there with Reddick, right? And then who else is gonna be in that Houston lineup? Um Tyler White. Guriel, can I get that? What is what is Guriel going to cost me? Guriel, Guriel's cheaper than Justin Turner, so let me get Guriel in there. So I'm at 7,700, and I got two spots left. And can I get Altuve in? I can. I don't know how much that leaves me. I have to think about that. Let me see a, a Dodger, Dodger outfielder. Hmm, Chris Taylor. Let me throw that one out there. Chris Taylor. To play. Oh, I can maybe get him in the outfield. All right. It's possible. I, I might be able to, to, to win this. So it, here's what I've got going on in my head right now. I'm 100 over. 
So I've got to tweak this around. But here's what I have at the second. Now remember, I don't know any lineups, but I'm trying to get – I have Stasi, Muncy, Altuve, Gurriel, Seager, Peterson, Reddick, Chris Taylor with Hamels and Snell. So I like it, but I don't love it. Will I invest in it? Maybe. It's investable, but I need to make some tweaks here and see what I can do and how I can get some guys cheaper. What do I have to tweak around here? You know, maybe if I get a little Tyler White. Yeah, I guess if I take out Muncie and I put in Tyler White, one, two, I can do something like that. I'd have to be willing to take some of the lower hitters on the Astros order to make it work. If I'm willing to do that, I can get that Astros stack that I wanted. So remember, when you're putting your lineups together, think of it like a puzzle. How do the pieces fit in? And then at the end, decide whether or not you like what you're looking at. Does the puzzle work for you? Now, look, I know you want to play tonight, and I'm not telling you not to. But if you don't love how the puzzle fits, don't go all in. It's a tough night. Bueller, DeGrom, Paddock, Scherzer, DeGrom, Hamels, Snell. This is a crazy night. I might tread, tread lightly. Tread lightly tonight. Come back tomorrow, and then maybe you'll be my rich friend. All right, we're coming up on hour number two. We're full-time fantasy. You know what I'm going to do in hour number two? A little game called Fantasy Football. You love it. I love it. I love talking about it. Dynasty Leagues are drafting. We will discuss when full-time fantasy returns right after this. <laughs> 